Welcome to the Health and Harmony Podcast, where we discuss all things mind, body, and soul. Everything we delve into has the intention of helping you to create a healthy balance between your internal and external realities. We reveal the tools and techniques you'll need to expand your life and grow into the amazing and authentic person you are meant to be. Whether you've just started your journey or already on your way, we are here to help guide you with all of the information you'll need. Join us each week as we discuss the insights that will give you the guidance needed to help you on your journey. Hello and welcome back to the Health and Harmony Girls podcast. We have another incredible guest today. Um, her name is Rain, and yeah, I don't even know if it's worth introducing you because I think there's so much that you do do. So you can take the floor, introduce yourself, and then we'll just go with the flow. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. For being here. And um, yeah, just as I was saying before we started recording, is that I really hate this question of like, what do you do in one sentence, uh-huh. <laughs> especially at the moment? Um, because over the last about a year and a half, I've really been on this process of discovery. I felt like there's something more that I want to be doing. And so I took a little bit of a sabbatical and I've been exploring different things. And so my offerings have expanded even more. So what do I do is not a simple one one word answer <laughs> so my my background um for the last about six years is I've been teaching movements both Pilates and yoga and I'm very passionate about movements and it has facilitated my spiritual journey as well so that's what I've really been diving deeper into in the last while and um, so now I've also started doing energy healing um, sound healing I've started facilitating women's gatherings and um, and then also on top of all of that I used to be a chef many years ago and uh, I spent three years writing my recipe book which I first launched as an online course about two years ago and then a year ago I published it as a physical hard copy book so that's kind of what I do. (laughs) That's incredible I think it's so so motivating and like for lack of any other word, to see someone from our country who actually just goes and like gets a recipe book done. Mm-hmm. I think Thank you. what I've started to notice, especially this year with everyone growing within and doing self-improvement like, and development and connecting more with themselves and their spiritual journey, a lot of people are just, they almost like look at people who have accomplished things and think I wish I could do that where Mm -hmm. at the end of the day I always say to everyone I'm like all you have to do is wake up tomorrow and start doing it like you're not going to wake up one day and it's going to be there or you're not going to wake up one day and someone's going to ask you if you want to write a book or start a podcast or whatever it may be like you are the only person who can start that so it's incredible to just talk to someone who has done that and created this cookbook and started these women's circles so Mm -hmm. Well done, Bill, and I think it's Thank just you. Well, um, yeah. Let me let me talk about that process a little bit then about the book because, as you say, and like even myself, I feel the same. I look at other people doing things, and I still think like, oh wow. And then um, also, I don't want to say at my age because it's not like I'm getting old, but I'm 36 now. And then I start thinking like, oh, I wish I'd done this when I was younger, or I wish I'd gone and studied that. And also just starting to realize it doesn't matter what age you are. You can always start a new career. You can always go study something new. So to write a recipe book was a dream of mine since I was 15 years old. I matriculated early because I skipped two years of school. So I finished when I was 16 and then I went to chef college. And I worked as a chef for a little bit, but not very long. It was like a year. And then I left that career. And so that sort of like faded out of my life but I always still had this desire to write a recipe book. It was this like pie in the sky dream. And then being that I got out of the food industry, 
it became even less realistic to think that I really would write a recipe book. And then for almost five years ago, I lost my brother. He took his own life. And um, that was an incredible process for me, uh, you know, navigating the grief. But it also, that was a massive catalyst for me on my spiritual journey. It just really, it was like a veil dropped from my eyes and I suddenly saw the world very differently. And so with that, I was like, what have I got to lose? You know, if I don't know how many years I have left in my life. And I know that the one thing my brother would want for me is that I just grab life by the balls and do everything that I've always dreamed of doing. And so I decided to just take a pen and a pad of paper and just start writing. And that's what I did. And after I put together like a, a rough draft, I sent, off, um, I sent it off to one of the publishing companies and it was rejected. And in that point in time, I could have given up mm-hmm. or what I chose to do instead was say, well, fuck that. I'll just publish it myself. <laughs> um, and then, so I wrote it and then through the, the process of writing it, I, I started realizing that maybe a better way to get it to people would be to do the online course. So I then sort of changed direction and I turned it into an online course, which I then launched. And then the clients started asking, well, when are you going to actually print the book? Because we want to have a copy in our kitchen. So then I was like, okay, now I've got to change format again, reformat everything, get it published. And I was thinking, you know what, I really just for myself, I actually want a physical copy that I can hold in my hands and say, I did it, I achieved my dream. I now wrote a book and it's in my kitchen. So I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll just like print 10 or I'll print 20 and I'll just like give it to the people that want it and, and that's it and that would have been enough. And then obviously with printing costs, I realized that if I'm going to print 20, I may as well print 50. So that's what I did, first print run was 50 and it sold up very quickly. And then, yeah, since then I've just, I just do small little print runs. Uh, there's a publishing company in Pretoria that I use, not a publishing company, a printing company, sorry. And yeah, it was a very rewarding process because I think what everyone experiences when they're starting something new is, well, I don't, I don't know how to write a book. I don't know how to get it printed. I, how am I gonna sort out the photography and all of that? So I just took it one step at a time. And for example, when it came to the photography, I realized that I definitely did not have the budget to get somebody else to do the photography for me because there are over a hundred recipes. You can't shoot all of that in one day. So that means multiple shoots. And so I was like, okay, well then I'll have to learn how to do food photography, which I did. And I took all of the photos on my iPhone. Can you believe it? But the cameras are so amazing these days that you can do that. And then I've got uh, editing software that I use. And and then when it came to the online course, I was like, okay, now I'm going to have to learn videography and I'm going to have to learn how to put a course together. And so I just took it very step by step. And I think for me, I really just dove into it as a passion project. And I applied myself to each step with this attitude of like, well, this is fun. I get to learn this new thing. And that just made it this really incredibly fun, rewarding journey. And then when it got to the end and it was actually done, I was like, oh, wow. Now, like now I, I can actually say I've written a book, but it wasn't like I was putting all this pressure on myself to say, oh, I have to write this amazing book and it's got to sell so many copies and I need to make so much money from it. It was more just about that process of doing something that I'd always wanted to do. Mm. I love that. I think that's such an important message for everyone to take in is that we put so much pressure on ourselves with these huge goals that we set and we forget to have fun during the entire process. And I love also what you said about doing it in small steps because also I think what happens to a lot of people is they set these big goals and they look at everything they have to do in order to achieve that goal and they get so overwhelmed that they just don't start they don't do anything towards achieving that goal because they just so completely overwhelmed by everything they need to do and I heard such a good analogy the other day they were saying think about all the food you eat in your life if you sat now and had to put all the food on the table that you're going to eat until the day that you die you'd be very overwhelmed and you would not be able to eat all of that in one go. So it's like, I thought it was such a good analogy of how to achieve a goal because you just eat it meal by meal. Um, and also- yeah, It's so funny that you brought that up because um, 
my cousin once told me a little saying and it just stuck in my head. And it, it's something that I kept on reminding myself about every time I felt overwhelmed and I felt like this is never going to end. How am I going to do this? I would remind myself of the saying and it goes, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So basically saying exactly the same thing. <laughs> I love that. And also, I love that you spoke about when you tried to publish your book and you were rejected by the publishing company, there was that point which was make or break for you where you could have either given up or you could have carried on pushing. And I think we always relay this message to the listeners is if it's something that you really want in your life and you are determined to reach a goal or you are determined to do something in your life, if it is something that you are truly passionate about and it's something that you really want to do, it doesn't matter which direction or how many road stops you have to go through to get there. There will be roadblocks in the way, but it's your choice whether you want to give up or whether you want to pursue this. So if it is really something you're passionate about, like Rain did, literally take the I was going to say, take the reins. (laughs) Take the reins and literally take control of your own life and be like, you know what, that's fine. Maybe that's not meant for me. Maybe whatever's meant for me is meant for me. But you can always take the reins and take control of your own situation and be like, you know what, that might be their answer, but this is not what I want. I still want to do this. So I love that determination that you have. And it's such a good message to our listeners because I think at that point you could have given up. Yeah, easily. <laughs> easily. I think it's so difficult for everyone. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about your um, yoga journey. I mean, I know that you said that you were a chef and then what led you towards the more movement, movement yoga, energy healing part? So while I was still working as a chef, I started modeling on the side. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I'd always wanted to do since I was a little girl. And then, so I decided to drop the chef job and focus full time on the modeling. And I was only 17 at the time. Um, so I got full time into modeling. And of course there's huge pressure on models to be in shape and be thin. And so, you know, I got into fitness and eating healthy and all of that. Um, later on that became not so healthy and I actually developed an eating disorder um, and I became very obsessed with exercise. I would um, gym for like four hours a day and, you know, was really pushing myself hard. And then I started doing Bikram when I was 19. And at this point in my life, I, I don't really like Bikram. And I don't like have a very high regard for it, considering everything else I've done in my yoga journey. But I always say, don't dismiss it so easily because... I sort of joke that it was like my gateway drug into yoga <laughs> because at that point in my life, I wasn't open to the more spiritual aspects of yoga or doing any other type of yoga. All I'd heard was that hot yoga helps you to lose weight and stay in shape. So I was like, okay, cool. Let me try this. And I, I immediately loved it. I got addicted to the heat and sweating like that. And I started doing it pretty much like five, six days a week as I do with everything. I'm a little bit of an extremist. So once I'm like something, I just go balls to the wall (laughs) and um, so that was where my yoga journey started and I did Bikram for uh, quite quite a few years I think I started when I was about 18 19 and then when I fell pregnant with my son I was 25 and that was actually how I knew I was pregnant I went to class and I went through vomit Mm. and then I realized I was pregnant so while I was pregnant I switched over from Bikram to Ashtanga I found a really amazing teacher who taught pregnancy yoga and I was doing Ashtanga for my entire pregnancy right up until the end. And that opened my eyes to this whole other world of yoga that is very different to Bikram. And I just fell in love with it. And then after I'd given birth, I didn't do any practice for um, probably about a year after I'd given birth. But then once I was ready to start again, I got into Vinyasa. And... um, yeah, then it was also after my brother's death that I decided it's now time, finally, after all of this, to do my yoga teacher training. At the time, I was already a certified Pilates instructor and had been teaching Pilates full-time for quite a few years. Uh, but then I decided to add the yoga teacher training, which was a beautiful experience. I did a, a 200-hour in 30 days, so it was full-time, sure. six days a week mm-hmm. for a month, uh, which is just such an incredible experience never mind as a teacher like even if you're never going to teach yoga just to do it for yourself and a lot of people do that 
in the yoga teacher training, there are probably, I would probably say 75% of the people in the training were not interested in becoming teachers. They were doing it for their own journey. Mm -hmm. So that was a really beautiful experience. And yeah, so since then I teach both Pilates and yoga and my yoga practice has changed a lot over the years, you know, going from starting with Bikram and it being only physical and then developing into the Ashtanga and then the Vinyasa still very physical, but starting to, starting to tap into the subtle energies of it and starting to become more open to the spirituality in it. And now over the years, it's, you know, it's completely changed around. You know, now my, my meditation is everything. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I almost move only so that I can meditate mm -hmm. because I find that the movements just quietens my mind, quietens my body, and then I can sit and meditate. And um, yeah, so sometimes I'm not as motivated anymore to actually do the physical movements as I used to be. I used to be like very addicted to the movement part of it. Whereas now when, when I'm not feeling motivated, then I'm like, just move a little bit so that you can meditate. <laughs> I love that. I think there's two things that resonate so much with me because it's so funny. I find that every guest we have on always like have some commonalities with them. And the two like biggest catalysts for me on my spiritual journey was obviously like really starting to do a proper yoga practice regularly. Um, I had an incredible teacher who incorporated a lot more than just movement. It was meditation, breath work. Like she would always like have this incredible sense of just um, sharing a story or doing a reading that would just resonate. And that kind of got my mind working and turning into like wanting to delve a little bit more into my spiritual side. And then also when my dad passed away in the beginning of the year, I think that was just my sign of like the same thing I think with you. I was like, you don't know when you're going to die. Life is so short. Like just do the shit that you want to do. Like why aren't you why aren't you doing it? Um, so I really resonate with those two stories. Thank you for sharing. Um, I want to dive a little bit more into the energy healing side of things because we love all things woo-woo and I think our listeners would also like to just gain a little bit of a better understanding. Obviously, everyone does different things in their practice, but what types of energy healing do you do? What exactly is energy healing? Um, and stuff like that, just so that the, the listeners can gain a better understanding. Uh, so yeah, it was just like you were talking about through through the yoga practice over the years, I started becoming more aware of energy, prana, or life force, or chi, whatever you want to call it. And you know, you even if you're not into the woo-woo stuff, you can look at it from a scientific perspective. Our body gives off a magnetic field, and it's undeniable that we are more than just physical matter. There is, we have an energy body as well. And I've always been a highly sensitive person since I was a child. Um, I'm deeply intuitive and I think I'm aware of more than maybe the average person is. So I think energy healing is just something that I naturally gravitated towards. And one day I listened to a podcast um, hosted by a very good friend of mine in London, and she was interviewing one of her closest friends who is an energy healer in London. The technique that she uses is called quantum touch. And when I heard her speaking about it, it just struck a chord deep. And I was like, this, this is the one, this is what I need to do. Because I've sort of like, I'd looked at the different modalities like Reiki and, you know, there, there are quite a few different ones and nothing had really resonated that deeply and when she spoke about quantum touch I just felt like okay this is the one that I want to do but also just her her energy is amazing and that was just listening to her on a podcast so I was like no I want to learn from her and that was uh in January of this year no I, I probably listened to the podcast like a year ago or more and then I found out about her trainings and she was doing an online one in January so I've done two trainings with her and quantum touch. What I really appreciate about it so much is that it's not just for special people that have special gifts. Anybody can learn how to do energy healing and quantum touch really focuses on that. And they don't believe in calling ourselves healers because I think that sort of 
separates you from other people and puts you on a little bit of a pedestal and gives this connotation that you are doing the healing whereas what it really is is you're allowing the universe to work through you so it's not like i'm healing anybody what i'm doing is holding the space and creating the environment where your body's innate healing capacity becomes activated because our body tends towards healing always that's our body's natural states it's always perpetually healing itself and when we're not healthy when something is out of alignment or become ill it's because there's some sort of a blockage something's not right in the body but when you bring everything into balance that's what the body does naturally it heals itself so with quantum touch you learn the techniques uh, breakthrough visualization um, and it's very meditative as well to run the energy through your own body so that you raise your own vibration and through resonance the client's vibration raises as well and of course the higher your vibration or your frequency uh, the more your body comes into balance and then whatever needs to be healed can be healed it's also such a beautiful modality for releasing stuck emotion you know when we don't process emotion it gets stuck in the physical cells of the body and that can cause illness so with energy healing it's a very beautiful way of releasing emotions without having to figure out what happened or why it happened or talk through it and i'm a big fan of therapy i think everybody should go to therapy but there are some instances where talking about something doesn't fix the problem and sometimes when you talk over something too many times it's almost like you're re-traumatizing yourself and you're keeping yourself stuck in that same vibration of the trauma of the guilt or the shame or whatever it was the fear Whereas with energy, you sort of just bypass all of that and you don't need to know what it was. You don't need to understand it. You just need to be open and allow it to happen. That's so interesting. Um, I know I did a course in Reiki and what you said is so true. I mean, firstly, I love that you said how quantum, it's quantum touch, hey? Yeah, that's right. How... You don't have to have any special skills. I think that's like the biggest misconception with spirituality in general is like people yeah. are like, I'm not spiritual, I can't be spiritual, or I can't like see dead people or talk to dead people or like astro travel. Like there's all these things that are put out there that people think they need to get to achieve in order to be spiritual. But at the end of the day, like you don't have to have all these special gifts. It's all about just connecting and growing within and like you know all the things that go with spirituality so I love that you said that because I think a lot of people shy away from stepping more into a spiritual path because it's put on a pedestal and that what you said not calling yourself a healer is also so powerful because again it like puts you on a pedestal people think you're better than them or think you have something special that they don't and so I love that you brought that up because I think it's so important for everyone to know that you don't have to have a special gift in order to be able to connect with your spirituality to connect with source God universe whatever it is that you believe um so thank you for that and also what I, I think I'm just saying sorry about the quantum touch is literally I feel so bad now because I interrupted you. So I literally had a brain fart. So please carry on talking. <laughs> okay, let me quickly say what I was going to say. And then I'm really interested to hear what you want to say. Um, what I love to encourage in people is the understanding that we are all spiritual beings here having a physical existence. And that it's not some certain select people that have these gifts. Everybody has gifts. It's just a question of tapping into them and learning how to use them, just like any other skill. You know, so often people say to me, I'd really like to meditate, but I tried it once and it just doesn't work for me. And I always laugh at them. And I'm like, would you say the same thing about karate, for example? Like, would you go to one karate class and just be like, oh, I didn't get my black belt. So I guess I'm just not a karate person. <laughs> um, meditation is a learnt skill. The energy healing is a learnt skill. Um, being able to tap into the other realms or communicate with your guides or receive messages through your intuition, they're all learnt skills. And yes, some people 
naturally have a gift for it, just like some people are naturally athletic and um, some people are naturally very good dancers and some people are naturally very good artists, but all of those can be learned. None of that is something that somebody cannot learn if they apply themselves to it. So I always, yeah, I like to remind people of that. I'm, I'm not special. It's nothing special about me. On the other hand, of course, I'm very special because we all are. <laughs> but yeah, anybody, if, if it interests you, you can learn it. And I think it goes back to what we were saying at the start where you just need to start. Like you can't just, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and be a master meditator. Like it all takes practice. It all takes learning and practicing and really just putting in the work in order to be able to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve. So I'm loving this common theme of like, just do the damn thing. Put in, do put the in damn the thing. effort because I also, I say the same thing to people about meditation. They're like, yeah, it doesn't work for me. Same thing, I'm like, you don't go to university for one day and walk out with a degree, you know? You have to practice and you have to push past things. Like, put yourself out of your comfort zone. Um, practice, I think the things you resist the most are the things that you need the most as well. So if there's something that you guys are thinking about doing, but for some reason you just can't get yourself to start doing it, put it on your to-do list because it's probably something that's going to be like the most healing medicinal thing for you. Mm -hmm. What were you going to say earlier? No. <laughs> uh, waiting, I literally waited. You see how long I paused there to make sure no one was going to talk. <laughs> looked like I was frozen. I was waiting so long. I was going to say, um, usually when we speak to people, I mean, we always say it's good to go to therapy. Like you were saying, you think everyone should go to a therapist. And we always say, like, it's good to speak about your problems. It's good to speak about your traumas or to speak about situations that you feel that are holding you back. But I love that you brought up this energy healing because I think for a lot of people, like you said, if you have to talk about something too often, we can be reliving trauma. So for the listeners, just to know that obviously you don't have to speak if that's not your way of wanting to deal with something. There are other ways, like Rain was saying, with energy healing, you can heal yourself through these other modalities like energy healing. If you are someone who's backing to speak about something or you don't want to talk about something, there are different ways you can go about working through that with a professional. And relating to that, for those of you that don't follow Rain on social media, she practices a lot of movement with dance and heals herself through those types of movements. So I wanted to touch a little bit on that and how that's helped you and how it can help other people as well if they are wanting to use movements as a way to deal with traumas or to deal with situations if they don't want to go and see someone or don't want to talk about things how would you recommend using movements I know for you it's easy and you are able to move but for someone who it's not so easy for what would you yeah. say yeah so the somatic practices somatic being physical are so powerful similarly to how I just describe the energy healing so that was a beautiful uh, segue thanks B is that um, you know these are these are all different um, tools in your toolkit of healing you know it's not like this is the way or this is the way you can draw on all of them so like I mentioned trauma or it doesn't even have to be trauma just emotions get stuck in your body and one of the ways that you can release them and work through them is through movement and that's why yoga is such a powerful practice and why it's gained such momentum all across the world, because it is a simple way for people to start. So as you said, for me, I'm, I'm naturally a mover. I can just put on some music and start moving my body. For a lot of people, that's not possible. They just don't, they feel so uncomfortable in their own bodies that they don't know how to do that. And that's when it's really helpful to work with a teacher or do some sort of a um, structured practice like a yoga or some people don't like yoga that's totally fine you could do pilates like i have clients who hate the one and love the other um, or you know maybe it's martial arts or maybe it's your run it really doesn't matter what it is it's just about moving your body and not necessarily switching your mind off but just stepping out of the ego mind and the chatter the constant chatter of the mind and you you put your mind into a very different state 
And when you start a movement practice and you do it regularly, what you'll find is as you move, thoughts come to the surface that have been pushed down and you start to process things in the same way that you might do in therapy, but now you're doing it with yourself, you know? And again, the, the movement will actually physically move stuff out of your body that's stuck there. And one thing that's really struck me over the years of teaching and working with clients is that there are so many people that are completely disconnected from their bodies. And for me, you know, like right at the beginning, I was talking about I do all these different things. <laughs> and people are always like, wow, you do a lot of stuff. But to me, it's actually all one thing. Everything fits into this big umbrella of holistic health, which to me means mind, body, soul. And in my opinion, you cannot have a healthy, vibrant, fulfilled life if you don't have health in all three aspects. And I think so often today, people get stuck in one of those aspects. So you'll often see people that are very cerebral and, you know, maybe they pursue a career in law or psychology or whatever it is and and they're all about um, you know getting top marks in school and then overachieving at university and then building this incredible career where they're very successful but they've completely disregarded their physical health and their spiritual health or you might find somebody that's so focused on the body and physical movement which i think was me for a lot of years um, and we see that very strongly now with the fitness industry the diet industry where people become so in the beauty industry, people become so focused on their physical body, which is really just the shell, the home, the case of who you really are. And it's so tragic to me when people can only see themselves as their body and their appearance. So again, when you're just focusing on the body, you've forgotten about your mental health, emotional health, and about your spiritual health. And then also we get people that are so stuck in spirituality that they become really woo-woo and their heads are always in the clouds and also disregard their physical health and um, you know maybe are in a, a sort of toxic spirituality where they're doing all the spiritual stuff but they're not really processing their emotions and healing their traumas and you know really going through that healing process so for me you have to address all three to be fully embodied as the soul that you are meant to be and this incarnation so that means looking after your physical body loving respecting revering your body um, processing your emotions properly learning why you think the way you do why do you make the choices that you do why do you react to people the way that you do why do you have the arguments that you do and then being able to step back from that and observe how and why you do that and obviously what helps so much with learning all of those things is having that spiritual practice and that awareness that you are greater than just the body or just the mind. There is another part of you that exists that is separate but intertwined. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I think, you know, the, the imagery of the Trinity and I'm obsessed with triangles have been for years. And I think that's why the, the Trinity and the triangle comes through in so many different religions, because that's really what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. Love that. I've literally been obsessed with triangles for the past few months because I'm like, every time I think of anything or have like a profound like moment, it always falls into a triangle because it's like mind, body, soul. Everything has three things that make up the whole. Um, but I think it's so important what you're saying about holistically being fulfilled in every part, mind, body, and soul. Because like you said, when you're not... I want to say giving 100% to all, um, you're always going to have the sense of something's missing. And it's so powerful when you start to realize that you have to dedicate time to your mind, your body, and your soul, because that's when you start to become fulfilled, because you are happy and you are healthy in every element of your life and I think the one part in this western society that we live in right now that gets neglected the most is the soul um, and I think it's so beautiful to see so many people coming out and starting to practice in these things like you with the energy healing and the movement and all of these things because it's really opening people's eyes to firstly the fact that it's 
not some weird like cult thing that people do it actually <laughs> has benefits and it's a part of something that should really be a part of your practice um mm -hmm. yeah i just think it's just such a beautiful as crazy as the time is that we live in now it's such a beautiful time to be alive because we have access to so many people and so much information and i really am starting to see a shift where people are starting to incorporate more mm -hmm. spiritual elements into their life yeah definitely um you know i think it's been coming for some years and there's definitely been this quickening over the last two years with everything that we've been going through uh people have been so hungry for something more um you know people work so hard to achieve so much in their lives and they still feel empty and they're starting to look for that something else and it's been really beautiful to see this like global awakening of consciousness mm. yeah and it's, de it's definitely something that you know if you're tapped into energies and you're sensitive to energy you can feel it's happening in the collective and it, it is really beautiful to see I just remembered, I just want to like circle back because I sort of went off on a tangent. I was saying how disconnected a lot of people are from their bodies. And it's, um, it always makes me feel sad for people when I see that because your body is a beautiful tool to live this life. And it's through a movement practice that you start to learn the language of your body. And that's why, you know, I started in Pilates and I really love Pilates because if you're taught Pilates properly, it really teaches you to make these new neural connections with small little parts of your body that you never even knew how to move before. And so you develop this relationship with your body that you never had before, where you become very sensitive to every little part of it, every little nuance. And then it's through that that you can actually address your health because then you start to notice, oh, if I eat this thing, I don't feel so great. But when I eat that thing, I feel good. Or when I do this type of exercise, I feel good. When I do this type of exercise, it doesn't really work for me. And, um, and then you just start to, rather than constantly looking for outside sources to tell you what's healthy for you or what you should be doing, you start to listen to your own body. Mm -hmm. And like, I just got goosebumps as I was talking about that, because for me, when people can learn how to do that, that's really beautiful because then you've taken control of your own health. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always feel like movement is so powerful because if you just start there, it has this ripple effect into the rest of your life. Because if you start there with going from having this disconnect with your body, not knowing how to move your body properly, you know, sometimes I get new clients and you tell them to move their leg in this specific way and that they literally can't because there's not that neural connection. There's not that understanding of the body or, uh, you know, people will have an illness building and they don't even realize because they're so disconnected from their body, they can't feel what's changing inside their body. And so when you start with movement and you start with that understanding of how the body works, you know, like getting those, okay, I'm, my brain is now telling this part of my body to move okay now i get it and at first it's really frustrating because it just doesn't want to click and then the the neural pathway connects and so through that process of connecting with your body you simultaneously will then start connecting with your soul so you go from like being a disconnected human and then suddenly it opens you up into that trinity that triangle of all three so yeah that's why i always highly recommend a movement practice to anyone and everyone. <laughs> I love that you were speaking about your food because I wanted to touch a little bit on, I mean, we can also and speak about the diet industry for like seven hours, but let's not even go there. And um, I just wanted to touch a little bit on, I know that you speak a lot about healing yourself through foods and certain foods you can eat to heal yourself and once again, guys, like I said earlier, if you don't follow Rain, like Rain posts about all of this stuff all the time and it really is informative. So all the recipes and stuff are on her um, stories and I always see you, if you are lacking in something, you know specifically what to eat to make yourself feel better. Or if you need an energy boost, you know what to make yourself in the morning to make yourself feel better. So I wonder if you could just touch a little bit on for the listeners ways that you can heal yourself through food and how it is possible because I think with the diet industry and with where we are like you say with the beauty industry in the world 
I think people are so stuck and set in their ways and it's become so easy now for the diet industry to coin terms from intuitive eating so that people still think that they're being intuitive, but they are actually still dieting. Um, so if you can touch a little bit on that, then I think that'll be lovely for our listeners. Okay. Uh, yeah, so of course this all goes back to having had an eating disorder. I grew up in a family that was very food orientated, like we love food and we love to cook. And I, I so appreciate that because I, I grew up with this real appreciation for food and my parents always cooked homemade meals. So, um, you know, we didn't like takeouts were great treats and um, we didn't have like processed foods in the house. So I'm really grateful for that foundation of understanding the value and the beauty and natural foods, making your own food at home, enjoying food and like how it can bring the family together. And then obviously I went to chef school because of this love for food that I had. And it's so funny how I went from this one extreme of being a chef, going to the other extreme of being a model where I started starving myself and then eventually it turned into bulimia as well at the end. So you know, I think it, it started off with, I mean, back then there wasn't even a term for it, but now they call it orthorexia, whereas it's an obsession with being healthy, quote unquote. I think that's where it started for me when I first started modeling at 16. I thought I was doing it the right way because I was eating healthy and I was gymming hard, but it over time it just became obsessive. Started working out obsessively, became very obsessed with eating healthily. And then of course it, it went out of balance. There was no balance to it. And then it progressed to um, eating less and less. And then eventually the bulimia kicked in, which was like the, the, the deepest, darkest part of the pit of eating disorders. <laughs> um, yeah, I have great compassion for anybody that's experienced it because it's just a horrible place to be. And so my, my worst time with that was when I was 21 and I was uh, in Thailand on contract modeling and I got so bad that I became scared. I was scared that I was killing myself. I was scared that I would either land up in hospital because I was making myself so sick or that I might try to take my life because I was just at such a low point and felt so much despair. And I was very alone at the time. I didn't have a lot of support in my life. So obviously that contributed to it. And so I actually ended up breaking that contract to come home because I was so worried about myself. And I was like, I was constantly sick. I always had a flu or a, um, bronchitis or something because obviously my body wasn't getting enough nourishment. And from when I uh, came home, the thing with eating disorders is there's so much shame around it. I never told anybody what I was going through. And I felt like there would be so much judgment. And I, like, I literally couldn't even say the words out loud. I struggled to even admit to myself that I had an eating disorder. And so I, I thought, well, I'm, I'm just going to fix myself. Like, I'll do it on my own, you know. And so over the next, say, three years, I really did manage to bring it into control and, like, find more balance in my life. And so by the time I decided to get pregnant, I wasn't engaging in the behaviors of the eating disorder as drastically anymore and so I thought I was better <laughs> but I definitely wasn't better because you know the the actions of the eating disorder are just the symptom of the underlying problem and so when I found out I was pregnant it, it was this massive shift in my mind where I was like you know all that matters now is my baby's health and I need to eat to make sure my baby's healthy and grows properly. So all of that behavior just completely went out the window. And I, I didn't care if I like put on weight. I actually, I, I fired my first gynae because he told me I'm only allowed to put on three more kilos. And I was like, fuck you, I'm growing a baby. I will put on as much weight as I want to. And <laughs> um, so there was already this massive shift in my mind just from becoming pregnant. And that's what really started my journey to real healing. Once I gave birth, um, I breastfed for over a year. So also I was very focused on eating correctly so that my body was producing good milk for my baby. So that started me on this journey of focusing on my health. And also it was just like being pregnant and marveling at like, oh, wow. Like my body is creating a human from nothing. 
I just learned this incredible reference for my body. And then like giving birth, I gave natural birth and then um, watching how my body recovered afterwards and how my body created food for my baby. All of that just gave me this beautiful respect for my body, which I'd never had before. I think prior to that, I felt like my body and my face were just this tool that I needed to use to get by in the world. Um, you know, because as a woman, we all know if you're even slightly attractive, it's like so much emphasis is placed on it that you start to believe that's all you're worth. And so I just, I changed my relationship with my body. And uh, I think it was while I was still breastfeeding, I just went on this um, very obsessive health quest. I was like, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna figure out like the healthiest way to eat. But of course it was still very obsessive. So it was still remnants of the eating disorder, but it did get me onto the right path in the end. So I went uh, vegan and then I went raw. So like I went right to the full extremes as I do with everything. Yeah. And I did that for about, um, I think I was raw for like nine months or something. And then I just didn't, I started feeling like not so great. In the beginning, I felt amazing. It was like a really good detox. And then at a certain point, I just felt like it wasn't working for me anymore. So I sort of reined it back and found a bit more of a balance. And so, yeah, I just, I just started on this path of really, um, creating all my food around the idea of health, like what's going to nourish my body, what's going to make me feel good. And as I said in the beginning, it was still unhealthy in my mind and it was still obsessive. And I think what really brought real healing over the years was um, I then went through a divorce. After the divorce, I started doing therapy. So then I started dealing with all the issues from my childhood, from my young adulthood, from the eating disorder. So I actually addressed the problems. And then, of course, my yoga journey, my spiritual journey, all contributed to the healing where, you know, now finally I can say, okay, I'm healed from that. <laughs> so it's a very long journey. But yeah, so the food, I, um, yeah, at first it was very obsessive and I, and I cut out all sugar, all dairy, um, for a stage, all meat, uh, all wheat, all gluten, all grains, da 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 and I still stand by some of those principles, but in a much more balanced way. And I, what I really encourage people is figure out what's right for your body. Because just because it works really well for me, doesn't mean it's what's gonna work for you. And what works for me at the moment is I do eat meat. Um, I don't eat dairy for the most part. If I go out and I feel like having an ice cream, I'm gonna have my damn ice cream with the sugar and the dairy. But my day-to-day -day eating, I avoid dairy, I avoid wheat unless it's properly fermented sourdough, and I avoid refined sugar. I've actually been really bad with that this year. I've been eating way more refined sugar than I normally would, but you know what? I'm human, and I can have compassion for myself, and I think that's the most important part. I want my body to be healthy, but I also want my mind to be healthy, so I'm never going to obsess over calories again or obsess over the fact that I had some dessert yesterday or whatever the case is, because my mental health is just as important as my physical health. And of course, I understand that my background is that I had an eating disorder. So that always has to come into consideration when I decide how to address my diets and my exercise and all of that. Whereas for somebody who has never had an eating disorder, maybe a different approach is more appropriate for them. But for me personally, and what I've seen with other people who have also had eating disorders is that if you're still counting calories or you're still on a diet or you're still, you know, whether it's like you're doing the keto, you're doing the this, you're doing the raw, it's still that same energy and that same mindset of the eating disorder. And so for me to truly find freedom with your food and with your body is to find the balance where it doesn't have to be so controlled and so constricted. And yeah, like underlying all of that, it's, I always just come back to this concept of wanting to be healthy, wanting to feel vibrant and alive in my body. And so sometimes I go off the rails and I'm eating stuff that I wouldn't normally eat. And then I eat like that for a while. And then I always like snap back to like, okay, wait, but now I'm not feeling so great. Like I want to go back to feeling great. So I'm going to cut this out again. But it's never from a point of punishing myself or worrying about what other people think of me 
or um, how I look, it's always from the perspective of I love and respect my body. I want to feel good. I want to have longevity, but I, I want to be vibrant into my old age. And so that's what I always try to keep the focus on. And that doesn't mean that the thoughts don't come in. I still have the thoughts of, oh, like my butt doesn't look as good as it used to, or um, that woman looks so amazing, like babe, I should ask her what she's doing. Or, you know, those thoughts still come in. But then I choose to override those thoughts by saying, no, I'm focusing on my health. That's what's important to me. I love that you said that because we often speak about um, eating healthily. And I use that term very loosely because, I mean, what do you regard as healthy these days? Yeah. But we always say, like, if you're eating a salad, you must eat a salad because that's what your body is craving and that's what you feel like at that meal. You mustn't be eating a salad because you want to lose weight or because you feel like you look terrible or because you have these negative thoughts about yourself. You need to be eating and fueling your body, like Rain says, in the way that feels best to you. So something may work for her that doesn't work for you or Rox may eat something and it does wonders for her system and I literally cannot digest it or it gives me acid reflux so everybody's body is so different and it is so important to listen to your body and to be as we say intuitive in the sense of really understanding what your body needs at certain points and yes like Rain said we all go and we start eating things that we know are going to make us feel bad but you will always get to that point where you go hey I don't have as much energy or hey I'm feeling really nauseous or lethargic and you will know exactly what it is that you've eaten that makes you feel that way and I think that's the really great part about listening to your body is that you are able to just be like hey I feel like actually I want a piece of chocolate today cool have a piece of chocolate or hey I'm actually really feeling like I want to have a lot of green juice today that's cool as well. The minute you are allowing yourself to step into that channeling of whatever your mind is asking or your body is asking for, it gives you a freedom like no other. Because like Rain says, you will always have those thoughts. I'm not saying you're going to think them forever. They will get less and less. But if you are someone who has dealt with an eating disorder or you have just gone through really bad self-image, you will have those days where you're eating something and you're like, hmm. I know, and for a lot of people that used to count calories, all three of us did, speaking here right here right now, you don't forget how many calories are in foods, you know? There's so much unlearning to do when it comes to being intuitive and it comes to listening to your body because there are days when you go, cool, I know how many calories a palm full of nuts is because that's what I was allowed to eat is a palm full of almonds, you know? So sometimes when you eat those foods, you are reminded of the fact of, Sure, I've actually had five handful of almonds. I know in my head how much that equals, but you need to be the one who is able to pull yourself out and be like, that's, I'm not that person and that's not how I want to live my life. And it is not the most beneficial way for you to eat and for you to heal your body and to be intuitive. So I love that you speak about that because I think it is so important for everyone to just listen to your body. And the minute you do that, you will know, like I said, exactly what foods make you feel certain ways and to heal yourself that way. So thank you for speaking about that yeah there's this misperception around intuitive eating that it means just eating whatever you want whenever you want <laughs> which of course is not what it is <laughs> um what's important is to educate yourself on what you're eating why you're eating it what does your body really need simultaneously learning to listen to your body so i think the education and the the connection with your body working hand in hand together is is what you know, really brings that balance. Mm -hmm. 100%. And I just wanted to quickly touch on, um, earlier we were speaking about, you guys were speaking about the triangle and we were talking about how everything's connected within your relationship with yourself. And I just want to give you guys something cute to think about because I saw this post the other day and I don't even actually know where I saw it, so I can't give you the details. <laughs> but it was basically the same concept as we were speaking about with the triangle and you having mind, body, soul and all the different relationships that you can have with yourself. It was the concept that you have relationships or your relationship with yourself and your work. You have your relationship with people around you. You have your relationship with your spouse or whatever that situation is for you. And you also have the relationship with yourself. And exactly like we were saying earlier, if you put all your time or all your efforts or all your 
anything into one aspect, everything else is going to suffer. And this post was basically saying that, especially with your relationships, like with people and your work and yourself, there's one aspect that if you let it slide a little bit, is always going to be there. And that's your relationship with your work, because we can always be putting in relationship. I mean, we can be putting in effort with our work, but the minute you're focusing everything on your relationship with your work, your relationship with yourself is going to suffer and your relationship with the people around you is going to suffer. But if you put a little bit of your effort into your work and you work hard, but you are also concentrating on all those other aspects, all your relationships thrive. If you leave your relationship with your spouse or your partner and you leave your relationship with yourself, those depletes, if you want to say, mm. much faster than your work relationship will. If it doesn't make sense what I'm saying, I'm trying to yeah. like mm. explain this and I'm using too many words. So basically, <laughs> spread yourself around. No, I love what you're saying. Aspects. Yes, I read that. I was like, I literally, if I could give you it word for word, it would probably be better. But <laughs> it just made me think about that. It was very, it was a key post. Um, I wanted to share, it just popped into my mind just now for some reason, I don't even know why, but I just wanted to share this little story about um, a client that I was seeing earlier this year for energy healing, because it's, it's just such an incredible example of how beautifully it can work. So she came to me for chronic pain. She'd been in a car accident, uh, I think 18 years ago, and had been in chronic pain since then, and quite debilitating. Um, in her neck, in her shoulder, and then it gave her horrible migraines. So, you know, sometimes she wasn't even able to work because of it. And she'd been for everything. She'd been to the chiropractors, the physio, this and that. She tried everything, the doctors, um, surgeons, to see if there was something that could be done. And nothing really helped her. And she started coming to me for energy healing. And just after the first session already, she just had this incredible release of pain. Uh, she messaged me and she was like, I, I can't believe this because I've been feeling this pain for 18 years and this is the first time that it's just relieved a little bit. And she continued coming to me um, for a couple of months. And, you know, during the course of that, the pain would sometimes be much better and then sometimes it would come back again. Um, but it was markedly better than it had been prior to that but the most amazing thing for me that came out of our sessions together is that she started talking to me about how her whole life she dreamed of being an artist and when she was a little girl she used to love drawing and her family didn't approve of it she came from a very traditional family and they didn't think that that's something that a girl should do and she needs to you know focus on school and so they really discouraged her from drawing and she sort of pushed it aside and so you know as a teen and an adult she never did any art again and then while she was starting to come to me to the energy healing she started and um, she's got this like burst of creativity and she started painting and drawing a little bit again and, and she shared with me like how amazing it feels to be doing this and and now I mean I haven't even seen her for I don't know probably at least six months but um, I've been following her on Instagram and she has become this incredible artist like that that's what she does now she's selling her paintings and that's all she does every day she paints but like incredible she sent me when she did her first drawing after not drawing since childhood she sent me a photo of this drawing and I, I couldn't believe it I was like I, like how's that even possible you don't have any formal training you haven't drawn for 20 or more years she just has this incredible, beautiful talent that was lying latent in her. And because of the shifts that the energy healing created in her physical body, in her emotional body, it just brought it out to the surface. And she had the confidence to pursue it and to, you know, process that experience that she had as a child of being told that she shouldn't draw. And and saying, no, I'm an adult now, and this is what I want to do. And, you know, she was asked to illustrate a child's book and, um, you know, selling her paintings and everything. So I just, I love it every time I see her stuff on Instagram. It's just such a beautiful affirmation for me of how powerful energy really is in ways that we can't understand. You know, it's not like she came to me and said, oh, I don't know what to do with my career, or I've always had this dream, and, or I don't, I have low self-confidence. She literally just came to me for the pain in her body 
and then we got this other beautiful result out of it. Mm. What a beautiful way to show how you can work through limiting beliefs without doing it on a mental capacity. Like mm. it just proves the, the power in movement. Um, and I love how it goes back to what we started off speaking about, about having these big audacious goals. Just goes to show like, you can literally achieve anything your heart desires. It doesn't matter what other people say. I know like some people might have this idea of what they want to do, but they're like, don't be stupid. You could never make money from that. People would think you are ridiculous. And they literally cut themselves off from this like incredible dream that they have because of limiting beliefs or external opinions. And I think that's also just such a beautiful reminder that when you chase your passion and you do something that fulfills you and brings you so much happiness, like, there is no other option than to succeed because you are going to be putting your heart and soul into that. So I think it's just a beautiful way to like bring everything full circle with how we started and what we've spoken about and where we've got to now. Um, so thank you for sharing that story. And that's how I think it popped into your head. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, you know, just breaking out of that mold of thinking that you go to school and then you pick what to study and then that's your career and that's what you do for the rest of your life and I say for example what I was discussing in the beginning that I really hate that question what do you do um it's because so many times I've had people tell me no I, I need to refine what I do I must pick one thing and stick with it or I need I need to refine my message you know that's like such a big thing in business coaching and I did a business mentorship this year and um, in, the, in the end, I pulled out of it and I decided it's not for me because it was all about, you know, you need to refine your message and you must be able to say in one sentence what you do. And you know what, maybe that works wonderfully for some people, but I'm not that type of person. And I've really had to grow in my self-confidence to be able to say, that's amazing for you that you know exactly what you do and you've got your business sorted out and your career is doing amazingly, but that's not who I am. And I think there are a lot of us out there that are like that, that actually we have so many different interests and passions and skills that we can offer to the world, gifts that we can offer to the world. And if we're constantly being told, no, you can't do that because that's not a sensible career, or no, you can't do that because you already do that, you can't do both. We're actually, um, we're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're doing a disservice not only to ourselves, but also to the world, because you never know what can come out. And yeah, so I've, I saw a word the other day, which it's not at all a new word. It's not like I've never seen the word, word before, but I just saw it the other day and it like really clicked for me. I was like, oh, that's what I am. The word is polymath. And when I saw that, it just made me feel so better because I was like, that's what I am. I'm a polymath. I have a vast array of interests and passions and skills. And I'm tired of people telling me that I can't do that. <laughs> and you know, so what if I'm still figuring out at the age of 36 what my career is going to look like? Um, you know, like uh, now I'm starting on my next um, daunting project is I'm going to start my own podcast as well. And that's something that I've been wanting to do for years. <laughs> and for years, I've been saying one day, one day I'm going to have a podcast, one day I'm going to have a podcast. And the argument all these years has been for me, you know, well, I know that I'm not going to earn money from the podcast, at least in the beginning, if ever. So let me rather focus my energy on the stuff that earns me money. And just through an interesting series of events this year, my income has been very low anyway. Like I, I kind of hit rock bottom at a point this year, um, not emotionally, I was still good. But I just hit a point where I was earning very little money, putting a lot of effort into trying to, um, you know, run a business and whatever. And I just thought, what am I doing? I'm expending so much energy trying to do it the way that other people are telling me to do it. And I'm not reaping any rewards for it. So I just took a step back from it. I dropped out of that business mentorship. I was like, I'm not earning a lot of money anyway, so I might as well just do nothing and see what happens. And the beautiful thing is when you surrender, and like this, the message of surrender has been so strong with me for years and years and years, Ishvara Pranidhana in yoga, surrender to God, like just surrender to the universe. So I stepped back and I surrendered and I was like, what I've been trying to do is not working. So now I'm just gonna wait and see what comes, like what arises next. One of the main things that came up for me was podcast. I've been wanting to do this for years and I'm putting it off 
because of, obviously because of self-doubts and imposter syndrome and, oh, but I won't make money from it. I thought, well, if you're not making money anyway, may as well just get started. So I'm going to start that now. And who knows where it goes, you know, it, it doesn't matter. That's the whole point. It's like people are like, oh, but if I'm going to start a podcast, it has to be hugely successful and everybody must know it all over the world and I must have all these sponsors and I must make a lot of money from it. And that must become my main career. Must it? If it's something you've always dreamed of doing, why not just do it and then see what happens? Completely agree. And we've literally always said since day one, whether you're helping one person or you're helping mm. the world, that's enough. So good luck with your podcast. We're excited for you. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> That's my brain. So, so if you guys watch the video, and looks so professional. She's got her headphones. Yeah. I'm on. Got all my stuff ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very interesting, a very interesting mm. chat. I feel like I learned a lot today. And I think one important message I just took away from this end part when we were speaking about the um, energy healing is to just know that you guys are able to heal yourselves in other ways that are not therapy or speaking or journaling. Energy healing is an amazing thing. And um, if people wanted to get a hold of you and to follow you or to email you or to buy your book, what are the best ways people could um, get in touch with you? I think it's frozen. Oh, the fucking excuse me oh load shedding sorry guys load shedding but that was incredible to have rain on yeah it's frozen now sorry load shedding just kicked in and the generator's just gone on yeah so well at least we're at the end there yeah we're at the end there so we will i just asked about rain's link so we'll just pop Post in thank you so much for joining us today we love spreading the light with our healing tribe of humans to get to know us better follow us on instagram and facebook at help and harmony goals or check out our website at www.health-harmony.co.za. That's health-harmony.co.za. Until next time, keep healing our world.